Montage Podcast. By Ben Edgeworth. Live from the Swoon Studio. Enjoy my. Welcome, everybody. Hey, man. Hey, everybody. Yeah, you're here with uh, Bane and Sugar. This is the fourth episode of the Depth Charge podcast. Yeah, very, uh, uh, still going strong. And we're like, <laughs> this is the first time we've attempted to make it, we establish it as weekly. So we're like in here on a Wednesday again. Uh, yeah, right. We did it last Wednesday. We're going to try and make it weekly. I guess at this stage, it might be a bit early to promise that we can always do it weekly, but... Um, I, yeah. I, I don't think so. I mean, we, we are pretty committed. I'm going to take a <laughs> selfie while we do this. You see, yeah. I think in the future, you you guys can tell us if you want to see us uh, having a video uh, of us talking to each other, you know, on YouTube or something. That's going to make me slightly less relaxed. But anyway, I'm, I'm open uh, to it. I don't think you can be relaxed with me in a room. <laughs> mm. Anyway, so what are we what are we talking about this time? Um, we're talking about songwriting this ah, week. Okay. Well, and first of all, just like thanks to everybody who sent in uh, cri- criticism and feedback. Oh, um, yeah, appreciate it. Yes. Uh, yes. Some friends even call me, and mm. we have, and we're sort of uh, applying some of this uh, feedback, aren't we? Oh, we, definitely. And definitely. Um, yeah, I think we're even going to. Go back and because well because we found out something fun about last week's episode we're mm-hmm. going to go back and uh, at the end of this uh, fact check and yeah give, fact check do 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 something uh, add something on the last week's episode yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah if you think it's bad or whatever you think is good or bad just tell us we we want to hear from you free to call our bullshit yeah please feel free <laughs> <laughs> and you know what was um. You know what I got the biggest kick out of last week's episode? I got the biggest kick out of imagining our French friends listening to a, <laughs> listening to a Thai guy and an English guy talking it, about yeah. French bread, right? And nodding their like shaking their heads. That that just that just gave me such a man putong. <laughs> That's a little French for you. Look, I know I can bake bread better, you know, than a lot of French people. And and that is on the podcast now. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> shit. I put my baguette where my mouth is. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. All right, so. That's a good start. Uh, nevertheless, we're getting back to music. <laughs> All right. Um, and this week, songwriting. Mm. Um, which means that, um, you know, I've I have a lot of questions for you. I'm a, I'm a musician, but I've, I'm not a songwriter, so I'm I'm not gonna. I'm not sure about that. I think you, but I do, I, I do have something to say about it. But yeah. I, I, you know, uh, yeah, okay. But I do have some questions, especially for you, because okay. uh, uh, this is gonna sound. I mean, you know, well, there's just no denying it. You're one of my favorite uh, songwriters. Oh, thank you. So thank you. Yeah, you've written so many amazing songs, mm-hmm. and I've. I've uh, I've been in one of the music videos for one of your songs. Yes. And I've yes. played your songs. Yes. And your songs were um, some of my favorite songs to to solo over, to play. Oh, thank you. Um, you know, like in my limited way, I had to like use my ear to sort of like over weeks to feel my way through, mm. through the songs. Mm. But when I did, I just enjoyed like, it so much. Yeah, that's the purpose. And anyway, so the question, like the, let's start with this. What is your songwriting process? Do you have just one way of doing it, or have you written songs in many different ways? Well, it's 
I have written in many, many kind of uh, uh, songs, all sorts of music, actually. Yeah, I and I enjoy doing it in every aspect. Actually, you know, there's like uh, songs and relics and instrumental, mm. uh, classical, um, contemporary. Um, I mean, because I study it, right? But I right. was saying, I was I, I was thinking about this, and yeah, but I don't I don't have any formula. Okay. Yeah. I I I I don't know. Why you need it? You know, it's just like, <laughs> what's the fun in doing the same shit every time? You know, right? you know what? Like, <laughs> that's one of those. Um, it's just a phrase that I hear out there. I, to me, songwriting process. You know, I, I, I'm not even sure what that means. Does that, you don't have to think about it that way. I ju it's just, um, you know, it is a process. It is a process because I I do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I always think of myself as a a, a songwriter. And yeah, I mean, as as you can see, or like I, I don't know. I've been writing songs my whole life. Mm. So oh, yeah, well, so yeah, we talked uh, a couple of podcasts ago, right, about when you started playing music, and that mm. was sort of basically at thirteen. Right. So yeah, when did you start writing songs? Almost very soon after that. Yeah, since I well no. I I didn't start playing when I was thirteen. That's when uh, I started gigging. At thirteen, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, I've misremembered that then. Yeah. Well, because I know no, no. We talked about you had like piano lessons when you're very young. But Four, you, five. But I but started guitar when I was ten. Oh, ten. Okay. And sorry. When I started guitar, I started writing. Okay. But before that, you know, um, uh, I I start singing. You know, like. Singing in my my bathroom, <laughs> and I, you know, so it's just started started from there. Well, yeah, that's that's one of the questions I had. You know, yeah. if if you always compose on guitar, or do you sometimes go to a piano, or even just rely on your voice? Right. So right. Yeah. Uh, do you do you, like when you let's just say you want to write a song? No, no, that's even maybe the wrong question. If you wanted to write a song, where would you go to? Or do songs just come to you at any moment and, and you work with what you've got around you at the time? Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. I don't have a piano. Well, I, I, I do have a like a keyboard, but I'm a guitar guy, right? So mm -hmm. I I always like sing something now. Now now you have like, you know, it's so easy to record like your voice memo and all those things. Right. I do record yeah. on my, you know, Apple Watch or um, my I was wondering about that. I guess that you would be like I, would, I, I could I would. just guess. Yeah, you yeah, had this I watch, would. and you could like record a melody yeah. at any time. Yeah, right? yeah, melody, a groove, or anything. Some of the song from on or that I, I wrote is from like driving, and I was like, just oh shit, it's in the it's in the moment. Yeah, let's do it, you know. And sometimes it's really bad. <laughs> <laughs> you think like, oh, it sounds good, and you go back and listen to it again. It's like, oh, that, that's shit. <laughs> I, I once, uh, yeah, a couple of times I've woken up from a dream and had a, like a song. Ooh. I, before I started like learning music here, you know, like in my 30s, I, that never happened to me. I didn't really dream music, but a couple of times I've woken up from a dream with a song in my head and mm. tried to record it. And oh. once once I was okay, happy with the idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And A also did that. Like, I, you know, she's like woke up with a song in her head and uh, I sort of tried to record her song. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Aww, that's yeah. great. A is a uh, Paul's wife, yeah. <laughs> a great singer, by the way. Um, 
Yeah, but going back to the process, I was, you know, I actually kind of uh, prepare a little bit for this because it's kind of like uh, hitting near home, actually. Mm-hmm. Because I I grew up with I grew up with um, you know uh, influenced by singer songwriter, so what I do enjoy uh, doing is um, you know songs and relics mm-hmm. together because it's like I think it's a uh, very uh, introspectively challenging. Mm. So I don't know. Uh, it's it's. It's very daunting sometimes, and it's very personal. It's 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 like you have to. Sometimes you're so sad, right? But then <laughs> you you pick up a guitar and 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 the melody and uh, words just come out like 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 vomits. <laughs> does it like it? Does it ever feel like you're abusing your your the your emotions? Uh, you do. To, you like, do. To, you to do. Come and turn them into songs. I think. I think you do feelings. when you don't when you don't feel that way. Okay. Like when you're happy as fuck, right? But then you just like <laughs> feel like. Uh, suddenly you're just like oh man I gotta write a sad song uh-huh. so you dig deep, deep into your your soul and just like punch it you know like get that shit in the like closet me- method acting yeah, me- method, like method acting for songwriting sort of thing yeah yeah but it it doesn't always work I have to say you know if you're happy you, you should just write happy songs <laughs> you should you can't yeah. fake this shit you know a lot of songs that I wrote people say like I, I'm really good at writing sad song where it's just because all those song came out at the time I'm really sad mm-hmm. and that's the thing that's what's so hard about it you know it's like it's like you gotta dig deep like you gotta pause your 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 sadness just a little bit and then you just like gotta go in and refine it mm-hmm. like okay so this is the verse and this is the chord it's so and then you 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 sing and you start crying and you're like oh shit okay gotta get your shit together <laughs> it's like <laughs> and you have to do that again it's it's kind of, it's really re- so that's that's just one 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 insight of 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 the process but i actually have a trick well, not not a trick, like a tip for for some people that are curious of how you uh, one of the process that I think is helpful mm. that I, I read, and I think this will save uh, some of the people who uh, you know aspiring to be a, a songwriter. You know, you're gonna <laughs> this fucking tip will save you uh, you know a lot of time and cost <laughs> because I spend it. <laughs> so it's one of the trick is you wake up right. And then you you have a time frame, maybe fifteen minutes or not, but it's good to have a time frame. And first thing in the morning, after you know you do all your shit, you know jerk off or whatever, <laughs> or not, <laughs> up to you. You you pick a to, uh, an object mm-hmm. and you write about it. So for example, <laughs> you see a bottle of lube, and you <laughs> just <Shit>. write. <laughs> You know, and you just write about it, you know, write anything about it. Just anything that's come in your head. It doesn't have to be a song. This is not uh, a method for, it's you know, not to write a song immediately. It could become a song later, but you just write everything. Now you're talking like about lyrics. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Yeah. But that, that's, you know, writers 
have yeah. written a lot about um, d- you know d- the work of developing writing technique yeah, yeah. and skill, right, and right. I guess it's like for lyrics, I guess it's somewhat yeah, similar. Yeah, yeah. You know, pretty pretty much if you said like uh, songwriters, they, they, you, it's pretty much uh, has a relics in it. Mm-hmm. If if it's uh, instrumental, you know, you you would say composition. Like, com- composition. Yeah. Um, right. Yeah. That's a te- that's a technicality, though. Ultimately, mm. a lot of people might just not like to use the word te- uh, composition. True. In some genres of true, music, you know what true. I mean. But yeah, I got you. True. Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, how about this? H- how much of what a song will finally sound like? How much of the magic of a song do you attribute to the original creative sparks, or that you know that original emotional f- that uh, emotional feeling? And how much to the work that you do on a song? Say, yeah. for, say the arranging, you know, the arranging, composition, pr- producing. Yeah, um, I think that's a really hard um, question to answer, but it's a very awesome question. For me, the time frames uh, varies. Mm-hmm. You know, but I learned this at a young age that if you want to perfect a song, it will be finished when you've gone to the grave <laughs> you know you can't some people are, are so are so focused on like perfecting you know uh something so much that they you know you want to find that magic you want to to make it perfect and just but it's not gonna happen mm. it's not gonna i don't think it's gonna happen because for a you know perfectionist like me you know that realization kind of is is hard to digest but it's true and i'm i'm glad that i i learned it quick because um if you if you just focus on 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 that being perfect it can't be as time goes by you know we learn more and more and we want to change things more and more and more it's better to just like um be have a deadline you know Okay. Um, Yeah, but I think what I was trying to get at was, okay, let's just say, um, just think in your mind of one of the songs that you've written that you're really happy with now, that you're really happy with. And uh, there might be, you know, examples that, you might have examples that worked out differently, um, but a song that you're really happy with. Now, uh, are there songs that started out... uh, with an idea that you thought was just so-so that you end up ended up working into something that you really loved, or did or, or mm. are those songs that you're really happy with now? Did they mostly start with a really good, uh, mm. you know, idea? Yeah, and and you you thought it was a great idea and it developed into a great the idea. core, the core, the core. Uh, the chorus always start like right then. Mm-hmm. If the core is there, it's like one of the one of my favorite song would would be finished in a day. In a day or two, mm-hmm. you know, some some songs like some sad song can, the core is there, like the melody is there, uh, the chord is there already, and you just need to finesse it. Uh, the relics come after me. For me personally, uh, the relics come after. Okay, I might put in some like some key keyword that I you know just like sing it out of somewhere, and then you then I refine it. But most most of my com- composition would 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 kind of just you know come out and you know if it's not difficult it usually uh end in one day but i i I did have some song that you know it took like five years in the making you know because it's it's such a hard piece Mm, yeah i got you 
Uh, yeah, I, I remember you um, when, when we were playing with uh, Israel. You told me mm -hmm. that some songs were taking you a long time, but that was horn arrangements and all sorts right, of stuff. Right, right, and right, right. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, so, and I don't know if this is different for different genres of music, you know, and mm. across this songwriting composition sort of uh, discrimination. But how much have you studied composition, and how big a difference has that made to what you're able to do? Mm. That's really hard to to. But you have studied composition, right? At least in Payap and and in yeah, America. Yeah, right? yeah. The thing is, like, it's 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 really it's really it's really hard to just justify like like you know the the studying of of composition. I mean, if if you're gonna ask me like, when did I start? You know, study composition. Well, it will be you know in my junior year and senior year. Well, junior year if you're lucky, and yeah, usually in senior year. But to be honest, you gotta, you know, I study about songwriting long before I play guitar. But I just didn't know how to make it um, tangible. Mm. You know, that's why I wanted to study music, and I want to know about things I hold dear. You know. Maybe it's the Bruce Lee influences in me, you know, that you learn theory, then you just burn it. <laughs> yeah, yeah that, I mean, that's Charlie Parker as well, isn't it? Part right. Charlie Parker said, uh, right. you learn your instrument, you learn music, and then forget all that shit and just play. Yeah, right? yeah but th yeah, that's the thing. I just want to know what I'm doing, you know. I'm just lucky to have, like, studied uh, composition with a with, uh, few of the very distinguished uh, composer, like... Um, uh, Thorsten Woman, uh, Peter, mm -hmm. Peter is great. Uh, Shayaprik, Doctor Shayaprik, make her eyes really good, and also uh, Bobby Bradford, right. who I study in um, in Pomona, and actually uh, another another guy that's taught me about twentieth uh, century jazz culture in America. He also uh, graduated from um, New England New England Conservatory. In composition, and we talk about that too. His name is uh, Lee Grants, and yeah, he's he's great. Mm. Yeah. Um, okay, so I did ask you this question uh, in a maybe the f I forget. Oh, which hold on, hold on. Let's let's go back. Yeah, go back. You sure. said, did you ask how big a difference has that made? Yeah, I, that's what I wanted to know. If yeah. you, well, maybe you can't tell because you're only in the position of someone who studied composition, but. Hmm. Um, yeah, do, like, do you think that without what you're studying composition, learning some of the techniques of composition, that you would be uh, still able to create great songs? Well, you you can, but you know, it's, I think it's like learn learning about anything. You know, you gotta become aware of things more. Mm. So it just helps you to overcome obstacle faster. I mean, it's I. I that's why you learn, right? I mean, you you study about things and and uh, you just you you understand it and you can tackle it. But if you didn't study it, you can still do it. It's, it might just take you a little bit longer time than than me. Okay, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. but you don't need to you don't need to study. But you but I I would recommend you study. But I don't know. It, <laughs> There's a downside for me a little bit too, you know. It's like I don't know. It's like some comedian who knows a good joke but couldn't really laugh at it, but he knows. 
<laughs> yeah. Uh, well, that that reminds me of um, yeah, that reminds me of something that John Coltrane said. That we might have even touched on before as well, mm. which was basically that he feel he felt a little bit um, sad sometimes that he couldn't hear music ah, with right, the fresh right. ears of un you know uh, uneducated musical ears. So yeah. you know he's yeah, c- yeah. bringing all this yeah. musical true background knowledge but also baggage in a sense and he can't listen with the freshness that um someone else maybe could true who's not a a musician of his level true i could listen so yeah there's always i mean there's always that yeah but Um, is is there a difference i I think there's a difference i mean there's definitely but i I think like for people who didn't study uh, composition or like self-taught you know it's Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's like you you just have that flair. <laughs> it's just like something just happened. It's just like it's it's more of the out of the box. Yeah. It's unorthodox, let's just say. There's like you know, like boxing, there's orthodox stands and unorthodox. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> it can happen. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean I'm sure that there are Yeah, the, uh, there are obviously great song songwriters who just learn their learned on their own you know yeah right, right. And, and vice versa vice versa true okay um so i've asked i have asked you this before but i just wondered if you've studied any songwriters in particular you know studied. yeah that's really hard uh like really studied. yeah really studied yeah maybe like george russell you have to study mm-hmm. But his his approach is more like a theory, like his theory about you know uh, the the Lydian uh, chromatic approach. So that that was unique for me, and but that's more like a academic well, no, side, right? Okay, yeah, that's the more academic side. Academic side. Um, how about songwriters who've really influenced you? Have you ever tried to understand what they were doing? Mm, sure, definitely. Like okay. Bill Evans. Okay. Like Bill Evans really, really inspired me to to see the voicing and the way he writes music and Wayne Shorter. Well, we're talking about jazz mm-hmm. uh, musician now, but okay, because jazz does like influence influence me a lot, and I, you know, I think it's still something that is still growing, even though a lot of people just try to to stay in the past, which is kind of weird to me. I don't know why, mm-hmm. and. Uh, you know, classical, classical composer like uh, Liszt, you know Brahms, you know uh, Bach, Beethoven, all the all the greats. You gotta study them. I mean, for me, I I I like it. I like it. I I mean, when you go to the classical era and you you see how they how they write things, they don't even have things that we have now, right? Yeah, right. I saw something interesting recently. Someone had analyzed. Um, f- well-known classical composers mm. and tried to understand mathematically how innovative their their compositions were relative to the historical music of that time or historical music. And like uh, actually, Rachmaninoff and Bach were some of the most innovative composers. Right. In other words, there was more new ideas and new that mm. you could like mathematically analyze and confirm as new in that way. Yes, compared to other composers. Interestingly, uh, Beethoven was one of the least innovative in that se- in mm, that mm, sense, mm, mm, mm. Which, which suggests that um, you innovative innovation is something, but not the only thing worth value of value in uh, music. Right. Yeah, that's true. Because 
I don't know. Beethoven just kind of like take all the inferentials from from Bach and Mozart and just like mix it together into his style. Mm. But did he create anything innovative? Not that I know of. But I know his music is amazing. Right. Right. Yeah, It's <laughs> one of the most influential music ever. Mm. But is it something new from before? No. Right. What is new? You got to look at Liz. You know, mm. like Liz was the. Uh, if not, um, from what I study, Liz was the one that really started. The, they call it program music. Program music is like um, you you name songs. Before the classic, uh, uh, you know, classical music, you only have sonata and minuet and um, all this like dance rondo and you know all these yeah, things, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, like concerto, but. For Liz, he he names he named the song, so so people start thinking about the name of the song when when you play the music. Are you following me? Yeah. So yeah, yeah. right. It's um, <clears throat> I mean, yeah. But music's always been thought of. Um, well, no, no. I got you exactly. You know. It, that really change that really changes how people thought about what music is rep representing or communicating. Right, right, right. right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because mostly it was you know like a sonata. You don't you don't really know what's gonna happen. It's just like, but now you have something like say like well Beethoven did say like moon. Oh, sorry, <clears throat> like moon like sonata, right? Right. But that's like, but it's still a sonata. It's not like a program music. It yeah. those names. Um, I mean, I don't know much about this, but they yeah. suggest that the music for a certain time and place, right? The, right, the previous right, right. previous system right, is right. music for a time and place, as right. opposed to a piece that communicates right. about something. Right, uh, right, yeah. right. But yeah, but I think Beethoven was kind of trying to kickstart that a little bit too in his symphony. He start naming the the movement a little bit, but let's just take it to another level. Mm. He's just like. My symphony is this, you know. It's about this. My piano work is about this, you know. Mm. Like even the word constellation, constellation or constellation, con constellation or constellation. Yeah, yeah. It's like, hmm, mm. okay, <laughs> that's weird. But it has like a, a movement in there, you know. Yeah, which is really interesting. Yeah. So Liz, Liz is one of uh, the composers I, I always look up to to go for classical. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> songwriting you can't beat like you know like uh, folks, folks uh, singer songwriter. I mean it's just so true and touching. Mm. You know John Denver, Tom Waits, uh, Johnny Cash, all the greats, man. I mean I love it. Yeah, it's so tangible. It just like Just pierce your heart. Yeah. Um, when did you start to feel like you were having truly like original ideas in your songwriting? Maybe I, can I preface this by maybe mm. talking about like so? so um, I haven't done much songwriting or I haven't attempted much songwriting, but I remember when I was le learning music um, and trying to play original solo ideas. Right. You know, which is you know right. spontaneous composition yeah. improvisation. It's been called spontaneous composition, right. and I, I definitely agree. agree with that interpretation as well. Yes. So what I remember was, at first, I felt like everything I played was just 
I borrowed idea from somewhere else, and oh. I, I had this such a overwhelming feeling of ah, I'm just playing someone else's ideas. I'm just mm. playing, and they uh, they obviously weren't complicated ideas because I couldn't play complicated ideas. Mm. Then after a time, I mean that took let's say two three years, and then maybe something after a few years, I started to feel like I was. Producing from inside myself, from from some other place, naturally, you know,、mm. it's not that the ideas. It's not necessarily the ideas were different at all. It's somehow or other that they, you know what I mean, they settle inside you. Right,、the、ideas settle、right. inside you and come out, and then you sort of, you own them to a degree. You know what I mean?、Yeah. Because they're coming out from your feeling,、right. as opposed to just、right. from some pattern or right, the, right. like a superficial memory. Right. Uh, so yeah, with that with that in mind, when did you start to feel you were having like truly original、um, mm. compositional or songwriting ideas? Well, like I say in the beginning,、mm. I I feel like I felt like this like to be honest, with you I can still remember just singing in 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 the shower. Like when I was, this is before I I know guitar.、Mm. It was probably when I was five or six years old. You know, I love singing since then,、mm-hmm. and I just sing, man. I mean, I I always sing like just make up of melodies and words like nonsense. But kids don't worry about the kind of question I I just raised. Do they? Like it, it makes a difference, you know. For me, learning music in my thirties,、mm-hmm. you, you kind of notice things that、mm-hmm. maybe small children wouldn't notice. Right. So this is,、uh, yeah. You, you're going that far back, so I could imagine that would be a, you just wouldn't have that question. No, but. No, but I do realize it. I remember like singing in the in the when I was young,、right. before I was eight. I I remember clearly like in I was like, man, this song is so good. It's better than that shit. You know,、uh, in, so you in felt, the TV. You felt like、yeah. you were producing something yeah. original. Yeah, I, you, yeah. I feel like、it. yeah. yeah I feel like oh, I, amazing. And this song, I, I like this song. How do I how? But that's the thing. How do I make it tangible? I don't know how to do it. You know, I don't.、Hmm. I'm a kid, right? I'm just like, then you know, then somebody like, okay, go learn piano, and this is like, you know, derail me from like, oh shit, what is music gonna be this hard? Then I just sing, then、yeah. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it it make it make me kind of afraid of the the instrument for a while, you know.、Mm. But I love singing. I love singing before I play guitar. But I'm a shy kid. That's why I sing in the <laughs> I sing <laughs> sing in the shower. I don't really sing for other people. I'm really shy, but at, but also one time I remember just like uh, uh, sitting in my my dad's car,、uh, riding with him, and I just start singing, just writing my own song, just like singing, singing, you know, yeah, not copying it. Just I just for me, what I hear in my in my head, just like just start singing, you know. So yeah, it's kind of weird. <laughs> okay,、uh, let's bring in some、uh, some ideas from the feedback we got. Like from so from your friend,、uh, yeah, your friend Christina. We had this.、Uh, mm. She had some interesting ideas. Very on, thank thank you so much, Christina, for for your question on、um, what makes music. You know what's what's influence in music. What when does music become plagiarization, copying?、Uh, You know what's the difference between those,、um, mm-hmm. and then what about things like cultural appropriation? 
which is uh, you know oh, kind of a little bit of a hot topic of the day yeah in a sense we gotta we gotta break it down a little bit so let's 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 tackle the uh what the the difference between being influenced by something mm. by somebody music and copying mm. well i gotta i gotta ask you back yep what's the difference between a thief and robin hood a, th a thief and robin hood um well huh I mean, that's, man, you know me, I'm a, I, I kind of have a background in philosophy, so, you know, I can think of all sorts of things to say to that. Yeah, I, I, could, I, know. I could say, I know. I, you know, in the, context of, in the context of Robin Hood, I might well say, well, property is theft. Because he, he, he Robin Hood would have seen, you know, the sheriff or whoever has this wealth has it unjustly and they've stolen it. Right. So Robin Hood, you know, strictly speaking, is definitely a thief, but what makes him different right. is that he is stealing not with the intent of keeping it all right. for himself but sharing right. it out more more fairly right. than the powers that be share it right so, so that that you know that's what makes him a folk hero in that sense right but in this case well that does raise a, like an interesting question in one sense uh <laughs> but, but that's in the for this to be you know for me just that's like saying well, I've, okay, I've stolen someone's song idea, but he wasn't doing a very good job with the material. <laughs> he like, like, you know, he was keeping it all for himself. And well, you know, actually, you could raise this. And because, okay, look at this, James Brown, right? Mm -hmm. I, I watched a document. I've seen a couple of documentaries on James Brown. I, I love James Brown music, James Brown's music, and I also like. I, I love aspects of the man, even though he was like a very problematic character as well. But his man, he his band members and him, they were at gunpoint with each other right, several right, times because right, right. he just didn't want to pay the guys yeah, fairly, right. and you yeah, know, right. he just wanted to take all the credit. Right. And he wasn't doing the arranging, and, right. and he definitely wasn't doing all the composition right. for you know. Right. So, uh, you know that maybe some people in his own band would have liked to do a bit of a Robin Hood on him. Sure, you know? sure. And they maybe did it to some, they did it with the JBs and mm. uh, these bands, mm. so, uh, subsequently, Maceo Parker's band and Fred Wesley's band yeah. and this kind of thing, in, in a sense, although they wouldn't say they stole because they would just say, hey, we wrote this music or whatever, yeah. we arranged this music. Yeah. Um, so that's one, one area to think of. And another th idea that I, like, well, there's not. Let's bring this in later because it's the uh, cultural appropriation mm -hmm. area. Okay, mm -hmm. yeah. So, well, that's that's my answer to um, to yeah. that question. <laughs> well, I kind of agree with you, man. I mean, <clears throat> oh man, the pollution is getting me. Sorry. <laughs> One, you know, I think like. For for my answer, you know, like I think I agree with you, Paul. Like one, you know, the difference is one steal for himself or herself, while the other one steal for the greater good. Mm. I, I that's what I think of that question. But let's be honest here, man. There's nothing new under the sun, right? Like I said in the first uh, episode, you know, you gotta ask, like, are you being true to yourself? That's the thing, you know. We are a being of constant learning. That's life. I mean, to live is to learn and vice versa, I think. Mm -hmm. And I think there's two kinds of people, you know, one that acknowledges other and one that doesn't. That's a really good point because there are 
these characters in in history of music that mm. wa- that just demanded to take all the credit right. and refused to acknowledge what they received. Right. Uh, you see, yeah. I read this book called "How to Steal Like an Artist," I think, or something. I forgot the name of the book. Sorry, it just popped off in my head. <laughs> But the thing is, like David, even David Bowie said, he's always <clears throat> he's always listening. To artists that he can steal. Um, I mean, Mick Jagger, he's gone on record. I mean, he's there are documentaries. He's gone oh. on record. He said, you know, he was down in the juke joints. He was traveling all over the South, all over America, right. trying to basically right. steal ideas from black musicians. Yeah. So that's what we, you know, he's he's giving credit, but he admits he was Man, out, out there doing a robbery. Don't get into the stone just yet. I am okay, really, okay. I'm really worked up about okay. you know the things that we prepare about you know some of the case uh, that the stone uh, has. Yeah, you okay. know, yeah, it's really. <laughs> Really, something else, man. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Let's let's just get through this. So, okay. All right. like I said, there's two kind of people: one that acknowledges other, and one that doesn't. Yeah. And you can agree with that, right? I mean, there's people that you know would wouldn't admit that mm. they steal from people, but sometimes you don't have to call it stealing, but you 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 can't help but be influenced. Um, I remember I've li- I listened to a recording once. There was a rec- someone put a recording on YouTube of. Um, Bob Dylan, Bono, and Van Morrison mm-hmm. at the back of some concert somewhere, or you know, like in a room, and they were talking about uh, acknowledging credit for you know their musical origins. And uh, I think, if I can remember rightly, Bono was admitting that he l- came really late to d- learning where their musical origins actually were. They mm-hmm. hadn't, you know, Bob Dylan is someone who mm-hmm. from the from the very beginning. Was um, acknowledging where his inspirations. Well, he acknowledged where a lot of his inspirations came from, mm-hmm. um, and he was a sort of historian of the tradition. And I think Van Morrison also definitely was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whereas Bono was sort of saying that he later on became interested in that much later on. So, in other words, he would he would have been influenced unconsciously to to a degree. And not oh, know sure. where, not know where the origins of his musical influences really truly were. Mm, mm. Uh, this kind of thing. Well, that's a so, fair point, or he's just bullshitting. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> no, but you can. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I'm not trying to excuse <clears throat> ignorance, but you can acknowledge uh, ignorance. Right. Yeah. Right. No, no, I'm just just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I kind of agree, man. I mean, sometimes you don't really know where the, but if. For me, for me, I kind of know like my where where my influence are from, mm. you know, from my grandfather, from right. my father, from my uncles, from 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 my mom, everything, you know, to what they listen to, it what's it's kind of what you know, kind of uh, nurture you, you know, and kind of that's what you listen to. I mean, you, nowadays, like, you know, mom lets kids hear Mozart. Since they're in their mom's uh, tummy, and mm, yeah, so that's you know you gotta be influenced by that a little bit. Yeah, but you don't come out thinking ah Mozart, <laughs> give me some Mozart. <laughs> the thing is, it's kind of weird, but it's kind of weird because my mom said, well, you know, because my grandfather always played Bach and Mozart when you know, uh-huh. even you know, I'm still her in her tummy. Yeah. It was a weird thing, man. Um, I listen to Mozart, and I feel like I know it already. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Yeah, the first time. Wow. I remember 
I was like, mm-hmm. I play, I put in a CD. Uh, well, my dad gave me the CD, and I put it in. And I was like, shit, I, I, why do I know these notes? Well, most on the other hand, and I'm not saying this is the case with you, but mm-hmm. most people say they know no classical music, and when you play them classical music, they, uh, they've heard it in adverts on TV, ah, films, okay. cartoons. Okay. I mean, it's you know, classical music is used yeah, all yeah, true. all the time in true. in radio jingles and adverts yeah. and everywhere. True, and we don't true. always realize. True, you know. True, but it, it has to be good, right? Yeah, yeah. If you know, if my mom was listening to like you know all this like uh, bad voodoo shit, like just like oh bitch, I'm gonna kick your ass and like, you know, <laughs> shit and like that. <laughs> you know all this, Your all this shit. To fuck, the you know, you know, fuck the police and all this. <laughs> <laughs> Drop it like it's hard. If Drop your mom, <laughs> actually, if your mom had been listening to fuck the police, people would say, "Oh, that's why. I, that makes sense. Yeah, that, that makes, makes sense. sense. That makes sense." <laughs> no. <laughs> oh man. Oh, that's rich. <laughs> All right. Have we covered that? Are we? Where are we going now? I think so. I mean, but. Oh well, okay. One, yeah. One other idea, like th- thought I had is, there's uh, there is a question of trust, and it relates to what I just mm, sort of mm. said. Well, what you said as well about like um, whether Bo- Bono might be just bullshitting. There is a question of trust, right? Because, mm. um, like you say, nothing new under the sun. It's perfectly possible that people independently come up with the same melody. True, true. And even if they don't, they might sort of unconsciously you know not realize that they've sure. heard it before years sure. and years ago or something sure. so there's always like an issue of trust and i'm sure that many of the lawsuits that have occurred in yeah. music over the years could you know how do how do you really know how someone arrived at uh, this oh, or that that's hard so man. sometimes you can prove it but other yeah. times you you cannot it's very abstract isn't it like that and it's so weird man that there's a lot of case you know been occurring uh, over the past uh, uh four years actually Mm-hmm. Five, four years, four or five years. Like, like, I think about four or five years ago, uh, Led Zeppelin was uh, was kind of sued for for Stairway to Heaven, which is the the, the case has already been dismissed. <clears throat> but yeah, I think it's 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 kind of hard, man. That's why there's a lot covering all of this. But there's also a loophole for people who wants to take advantage of artists as well. You know, I mean, some people are just like. They don't know about these things, and they they just create it. Then there's this guy that you know kind of know how to hustle more, and just like uh, took that thing and just registered it before the other guy did. Yeah, and that's what happened, and that's why there's law. So you know, people can go find a court and all these things. Yeah. It's it's good and and bad at the same time, man. I mean, without the law, we will probably have more, uh, you know, debt toll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was just like, "No, it's my fucking song, motherfucker." No, it's not. Booms, <laughs> just like <laughs> dead. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I can't really answer that. I mean, that's why trust is so important in 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 people's life. And that's why I've been trying to teach like the new generation of why this word is so meaningful. Mm. Because you can have all the things in the world, but you lack trust. 
you know, right. eventually you're gonna, you're gonna, you're not gonna make it. Uh, yeah, I've thought a lot about this question, actually, because I keep running into people who have like tr- trust problems mm. or they can't trust. I mean, and trust is really something that you give. It's yeah. no guarantee. It's not something you extract. It's mm. not something external. Mm. It's something that you give, and it's not. You don't give it with the certainty that it's always not. You know, it's never going to be betrayed. It's right. just. It's something that you give, and it's right. worth giving. Right. You get something. You know, you yeah. get something back from it, even if things don't go as you hope. Yeah. Yeah. But you. You see. You see the people that you give like that. That trust, and. It kind of it's kind of like a, a a margin of of for people too I think mm-hmm. right you you that's how you weigh like the people that around you and like you give mm-hmm. them a certain trust and if they can deliver or they give you a certain trust and you deliver you earn that trust mm-hmm. um but I think nowadays there's there's a lack of that you know especially in the entertainment business if if it's not on the paper. You know, is you know, open game. Mm. You know, <laughs> it's just like, um, yeah. Th- there are always exceptions, uh, but yeah. Well, in America, you it it is. America has taught people to be that way. Everything has to be on paper. If right. not, then somebody's gonna like fuck you. They're gonna take advantage of you. You know, in Thailand, actually, a lot of like uh, artists. And a lot of uh, they call it um, higher guns, mm-hmm. you know, in inside a studio. They actually you you know the higher guns own their tracking, but the producer has to uh, have a paper to sign that you uh, have give given over the rights of your tracking. Yeah. So that you um, so that the producer the uh, can use the tracking. For for this and that, usage the, rights, yeah, yeah. So which the tracking can become a sampling. The sampling can also, you know, nowadays like sampling, right? Yeah, which right. is come from tracking. Yeah. So if the tracking has, you know, uh, the producer use it for other other things, the licensing also goes to to the higher guns. Mm. See, right. but that's tricky. Yeah. See if 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 the if the they artist don't report, if they don't report if someone doesn't report it disclose right, this right, kind of thing right there so, have been some famous cases right of right. non disclosure and right, this kind of right, stuff right 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 so yeah that's tricky so if the artist um, you know the musician doesn't really know the law about that they can get fucked pretty pretty hard and mm-hmm. miss out a lot of money and usually the labels and the producer would get the uh, the money from that right I yeah. mean they have offices and staff. That do this thing, kind yeah, of thing, and the yeah. musicians don't. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah, much right. more difficult, right? The, the musicians right. are at risk right. in that right. situation. I see that. But back in the old days, you know, there's there's a lot of there's two like if you see like inside Lewis Davis, it's a good example of uh, he was uh, singing in a Colum- uh, Columbia record, right? Mm-hmm. And it was a session. They they give him a choice: you're going to take the two hundred dollars now. Or you're gonna, you know, take the the licensing. Mm-hmm. You see, so meaning, if they sell more, you get the percent. Yeah. And he was just in the need of mo- money, yeah. so he took the two hundred, and that song sold like million uh, copies. Right. So he missed out on a lot of money. Yeah. So. And yeah. that's that's just, how it is. And they didn't give him any. Why would they? He signed. I understand. 
And I don't, I don't understand, but I, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> well, you signed it. You chose know, the $200, then okay, just go. I, I know, I know. <laughs> well, I, I don't remember the, 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 the correct uh, amount of money, but it's like, you know, a one-off and a licensing. Probably like when you apply for a job at a, a record label like that, they have some kind of questionnaire. If an artist signs away his rights and you make millions and he just gets $10, what, what do you do? And if you say, I'd give him some out of kindness, you don't get the job. That's it. <laughs> Fuck you. You're not, yeah. You don't fit this business. Uh, you're too kind <laughs> to the labels, Paul. They actually don't even give you the question. They just say, I like, know, I know. yeah. Uh-huh. The contract is like, I'll, I'll fuck you in the ass. Do you want lube or not? <laughs> All right. So, okay. So, um, are we gonna get? Are we gonna yeah, get let's into go, this? Uh, yeah, let's go. Let's go to the cultural appropriation. Oh no, no, no! What about what? the uh, what about the verve and the stone and the stones? We, okay, sure. Let's do well, it because we're still in this area, right? Oh, this okay. Is, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, things are not in order, but okay. Then, okay so, yeah, the uh, one really famous uh, case of um, you know, a, a, it became like a plagiarism case, mm-hmm. uh, was it? Wasn't it? But basically, um, it's the verve, and that's the song. What was the song called? Un, uh, Unfinished Symphony. No, no, the bittersweet symphony. Bittersweet symphony. Sim- yeah, symphony. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so basically, what happened was that uh, the, this song did use a sample from a string, string orchestra, mm. uh, um, uh, string orchestration on a Rolling Stone song. Right. And the label or the manager of the Verve asked for permission and paid for a certain usage. Right. And then later on, the manager of the, of the Rolling Stones, right. Alan Klein, mm. sued. Um, yeah, sued the Verve mm. and Richard Axcroft, saying that they'd used more of the sample than they'd mm-hmm. paid for the rights to. Right. Anyway, uh, it became basically the, uh, initially. I think the Stones sort of won, or they had. I, I don't know what happened exactly, but all I know is that the rights, ri- the rights and royalties went to the Stones. Right. Right. <clears throat> Well, didn't this go to court? It did go to it did go to court. Yeah, and, and it was ruined in favor of Stone. Uh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. But then, just last year, yeah, the Stones just said, yeah. "Ah, you can have it." Yeah, yeah, because they they start to see the grave. <laughs> Those motherfuckers, man. Here, here. Let me let me get into this right now. Okay, look. <laughs> this 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 is one of the reasons why I hate the Stones. Okay. I'm not going to say like they they're not influential bands, you know, because they are, right? But of all fucking people, I know. They had the audacity <laughs> to claim sh- such things. I know. What if they still don't know the I, I know, mean, right? <laughs> when what they obviously did was doing <clears throat> a bad rhythms and blues covers, man. I mean, <clears throat> oh fuck and throwing in a fucking raptor dance, you know. <laughs> and that's it. it <laughs> there's a uh, in <laughs> In the James Brown documentary, which actually um, uh, Mick Jagger took part in, mm. and sort of self-deprecatingly, actual fact. But anyway, he's made so much. But anyway, yeah, there's this sort of famous performance at uh, a th- um, this theater. I don't know if it's called the Apollo Apollo Theater. Or yeah, Apollo yeah. Theater. Yeah. Anyway, the, the Rolling Stones were basically in this event. It was a multi-band event, TV mm. sort of event, right. and. Um, 
they they were following James Brown. Of course, uh, it's totally absurd. The, the man, even before before that, like that, you know, Howling Wolf, and and Mick Jagger was trying to dance like yeah. like James Brown. Yeah, well, he's like, trying. He's trying now. <laughs> God damn it, man! Well, I'm, I'm, I'm <laughs> shit. It just it just make my blood boil, man. When I talk about the stone do, and doing doing do, this do shit. Do you think uh, Alan Klein are gonna sue us? The Death Charge podcast. For, no, for what? <laughs> for what? For saying the truth? There's nothing. I have, we haven't said like they, you know, they done anything wrong. I'm, we just don't agree with what they do. I mean, let's let's keep it this aside. Okay. The court has ruled in their favor. The court is right because uh, the verb they did breach the contract. Mm. But to claim that you know that they own everything is it's just it's just absurd. Right. You know, it's just absurd. Like, look, when I first heard the Bittersweet Symphony, I didn't think of the Stones at all, mm-hmm. right? But that's why you need to learn about the contracts and laws and agreement, you know, because yeah, yep. the contract has been breached. But you know, in the end, it's a bittersweet ending, isn't it? <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I don't. So they've sort of given it to him. I, yeah, I, I, I read about that. But I don't know year. if they're giving him the past royalties. I think not. I think. Oh, I don't know. They're not giving him the money back, are they? No, 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 no. No, but no. I guess he gets future royalties now. Yeah, future yeah. royalties. Okay. Yeah, it belongs to him. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, karma's a bitch, ladies and gentlemen. Mm. <laughs> it is. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay, so cultural appropriation, then, mm. which is this other question that Christina brought up. Um, she like yeah. raised the, uh, the idea of uh, or the example of the band Kringbin, yeah. which is this American band yeah, of, uh, that sort of ha- takes influence from 1970s Thai funk. What uh, is 1970s uh, Thai I, funk? Man, I don't know. <laughs> this is just you know, but uh, I'm aware of the band. I've like heard. everybody is aware of the band. I'm aware of the band. <laughs> I'm aware of the band. <laughs> God damn. I'm aware I don't, of I don't, I don't, I don't want to get in a fight with them. I mean, they're, they're new indie bands. Not new anymore, but I don't know, man. Mm. I, I don't have anything against them. Well, okay, but let's just talk about the cultural appropriation idea in general. Right. Um, what's your take on it? Well, I was, you know, when I read about this, I uh, the first person I thought about, you know, I think this is a sensitive subject and... I think it's a political correct subject as well. You know? mm-hmm. But I think Kirmbin is a bit a, a bit hard to to make people understand. Let's take somebody like Bruno Mars. Okay. He yeah. he's, you know, half Filipino, uh half Puerto Rican Jewish. Mm-hmm. And um but he makes a uh, black music. And He's been attacked by some of the black communities for cultural uh, appropriation, yeah, which backfired uh, immediately. A lot of like you know like Charles uh, Charlie Wilson uh-huh. would defend Bruno. Yeah, you know like he's making you know how can you blame somebody for being influenced by you know rhythms and blue R and B's and funk and all those things and just just make it his own. Yeah, you know. Um, well, my, my, like, uh, my first reaction on hearing, like, Bruno Mars was that, um, uh, his, 
I don't know if it was his first album, but you know he did this um, homage to Michael Jackson. Right? Is that was his, uh, his first yeah, album? Yeah, they right. call it New Jack. Right? Like, yeah. I mean, it wasn't. It was. It was an homage. Maybe it was more than an homage because it's like really, really so much like Michael Jackson. Yeah. True. Uh, uh, in any case, in any case, yeah. That, that's then we get into just uh, that question again of like influence and. Uh, yeah, I don't and understand. I don't. I don't, I don't understand. I don't understand this at all. Of why the black community would 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 you know go after Bruno Mars? Oh, I, this I, I totally agree with you on the, on that. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. You mm-hmm. know, uh, and my so that me, immediately the way the reason I agree no not the reason I agree but it immediately made me think of um, because I I you know listened to quite a bit of uh, Indian classical music. Mm. And I've you know read a lot about some of the Indian classical musicians, right. and um, the baroque player Ali, Ali Akbar Khan. Mm. Some people said said was one of the greatest. Eh, he definitely is one of the greatest Indian classical musicians mm. of twentieth century. But his father and uh, teacher, I'm maybe getting a lot in Khan. I think that was his father and teacher told him that. Um, he should spread this music far and wide across yeah, the world. Why, yeah, why not? And that it should be, you know, for, and it was for everybody. Right, right. I totally agree, man. And so, you know... I totally agree. And, and so in that sense, um, you, in that sense, anybody from any background he's saying can play this music. Of course they, of course mm. they should acknowledge the, the roots. Yeah. Uh, but, it, but it does not... He he's suggesting that there's no cultural appropriation if anybody from anywhere wants to play Indian classical music. Yeah, right. There, there, there's there could be some cases in which you sort of abusing this uh, this heritage, but how? in general, how? Uh, huh. I, sp- I suppose you could. Um, what you're making a lot of money, and instead no. it should go to the indigenous uh, indigenous people in in back in Isan or something, or in in Dubai or something. No, no, no. I, I, I don't <laughs> know. I just uh, I just sense that there could be some cases in which you could do it in a particularly ugly way. But it just in general, I just don't see. Uh, yeah, man. This this is what has been said by the greatest the teachers of Indian classical music. You Let's know. agree. Like culture appropriation is like blackface. Is that is that is that cultural appropriation? Oh man, that's something else, right? So I don't know. I I feel like for me that's racism, right? I don't think this is music is racism. How can music be racism? And, and unless you like say some really racist shit into the music. Mm. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Let Let me say, music is music. We don't own it. Right. right. According to U.S. Oh well, well, according to U.S. law, we could only own like how much, like seventy-five years of copyright, unless passed down to surviving family and so on. But we didn't create twelve notes. We just used them, borrowed them. Like I don't own the English language. I just learned them and use it. Mm-hmm. Right. You know. To be honest, to say that music doesn't have race is, you know, oxymoronic actually. <laughs> because back in the ancient. Greek, they used to call people from scales of their origin, you know, like um, Aeolian, right? Um, which is one of the modes in major scale, uh, define the Aeolian people in that region, mm-hmm. right? 
Esso, Dorian, and uh, etc. So, uh, if I yeah, that could be another podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, I remember. Um, I do remember from uh, a book on the history of jazz that there was a time when, like a c- certain, like early successful jazz musicians, like especially New, from New Orleans tradition, were uh, like some of them would guard their techniques mm, incredibly true, carefully because they true. were. That's all, you know. I can understand how that would have come about, you know. Um, but that's technique. But, but it's, yeah. Notes mm. are notes, right? We've been using almost the same notes as, uh, you know, Bach, since Bach, uh, you know, composed the well tempered caviar. But, you know, for, for Eastern uh, music, there's, we have our own tuning and all those kind of things. But it always relate back to like six notes, seven notes, you know, to the scales, and mm. it doesn't have to be in tune as a well-tempered clavier. Well, this is kind of technical. <laughs> uh, yeah, I suppose like the only so the only thing I could case I could say where it could be uh, cultural appropriation would be if you take something. Let's let's say you took. A rhythm that's clearly Afro-Cuban, right? And you use exactly that rhythm, but you use different instruments to create it, and you claim that you've invented it or something like that. Okay, that you know, okay, I'm a cut and dry. Okay, it's possible. Okay. You're not acknowledging at all the origins. That's it. okay. That's you know, okay. That's understandable. Yeah, but I think that's just you know, that's like an ex- absurd kind of yeah, uh, absurd. example. Yeah, and, right. Yeah, I mean, like I said, two kinds of people. Hmm. Acknowledgers and one that's don't. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that's the main thing I was like trying right. to get, get yeah. at. Yeah. yeah so. All right. Here's one for you. Um, <laughs> so, artificial intelligence. The, peop- the people hmm. been working for a few years on getting uh, AIs to to write songs, mm-hmm. and uh, some of them do a pretty pretty good job actually. So I was just thinking, uh-huh. uh, presumably in a few years, uh, an AI is going to be able to write Taylor Swift about a thousand hit songs a day. <laughs> How the hell is she going to record them all? <laughs> and who's going to listen? <laughs> that's that's new, man. I I did I didn't even know that AI started writing music. God damn. Yeah. Shit. Uh-huh. Well, I shouldn't be surprised. Humans are stupid, you know. <laughs> no, really. Humans. I have to agree with Jack Ma on this, you know. Like, he was talking about the fucking uh, human playing goat with the fucking AI, right? Yeah. And won and lost. Right. And he was saying, like, human is stupid to play, you know, against AI. Mm-hmm. I mean, you create the AI for, for this purpose. Right. You know, it's just testing. And then you make this guy, like, become miserable and just, like, quit playing goat forever. It's, it's, I, I kind of agree. What? Why do we need AI to create music? They, you know, though, the um, a lot of the some of the top Go players, including the guy Lee Sidol, who played that game, said that he took something from it. Then they took something from it, which was that they, what they cared about was the beauty of this game and the advancement right. of the game, and the right. and the AI had actually showed them some moves that they couldn't discover on their own that were better than the right. better than the strategies they oh, were using, okay. and so they they actually. On the on the one hand, they've lost the advantage in the game of Go to artificial intelligence, but on the other hand, the game of Go itself has advanced. Right, and that's what they ca- care about. Ah, that's interesting. Hmm. 
So. I don't know, man. I mean, for for music, for music, it's not just about writing music. It's about expressing. Right. How can an AI express anything when I, it's just zero one binary? Uh, I totally, I totally agree. Um, although. You know, music has been called a mathematical language. It's very, it's it's got a lot of uh, math. It, it's a mathematical language to a degree, uh, but the experience of it, the conscious experience of it, is not. Is something is something uh, something else. And uh, I definitely. I mean, I've thought a lot about consciousness and AI, and um, there's that's where the key difference is. Mm. How do you appreciate? Like, for example, supposing that you do, supposing that you you an AI produces this song, and everybody, you, me, and everybody else says, "Man, that's a beautiful song." It still makes a difference to know that the AI itself had no possibility of appreciating mm. the beauty of it right. at all. Right, experiencing the beauty right. of it at all, it right. become it devalues it. Some for me, yeah. Um, it's but the math, but it is interesting. If that turns out to be the case, that the mathematics alone yeah. could produce something beautiful, yeah. But still, I, I was still like you know because the human did write the program, write the algorithm, true, write all this thing. True, true, it true. is amused. It it is a human thing. That, that that was the same for AlphaGo. There, there was yeah. a team of you know code writers that right. worked on that. It right. was not possible without them. Yeah, it's like it's like you. Uh, like I put in a guitar and, and put into an effects or a plugin inside a computer, and it generates like a synth sound. Mm -hmm. So, right. it, it could be it could it could be like that. But I know that I curate I, I created that. I, yeah. I I was the one who put in the signal. Yeah, it's not the computer who did it. Right. You know, I tweak it. Yeah. So I don't know. This. Look, people who like to fuck with AI, you can go and do it. You know, they will have like plastic dildo and all that shit come out, and, <laughs> and you can enjoy doing it <laughs> with the AI love making music. <laughs> um, I was actually gonna ask you as a joke. Okay. I, I really thought it was a joke about that. That was a joke. About, by the way. Well, no, no, no. This is another one. No, no, no. This is something else. Okay. I was going to ask you as a joke about the fact that people love their pets so much these days and spend more and more money on their pets. And I was going to say, I was going to ask you, why is nobody writing songs for their for pets? But it turns out, after a very quick Google search, that there's tons of music yeah, out there for I pets. Know. Spotify right. is full of it. Yes. Um, so there's nothing new under the sun. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to be writing any songs no. in high frequencies for dogs anytime soon? No, I did wrote a song about my dog. Yeah, back in the day, I, I um, when I was in, I, I keep do, trying it. Like I used to try it with a saxophone, but not many, uh, not many animals I've realized like a saxophone. But now I have a bansuri, mm. my bamboo flute. Um, if I'm around in nature somewhere. I've noticed that birds come and listen. Oh, that's nice. And also, when I was in Pai, I noticed that the the water buffalo seemed to like it. Mm. And when I was in England, I live in this farming area, mm. and I there was a uh, a field, a, a big field, must have mm. been like a ten acre field, yeah. full of cows, and they were kind of scattered yeah. all around. I started playing this flute. They yeah. all came yeah. as close as they could get to me to listen. Yeah. 
It's amazing. It is amazing, and it's true because I I experience that too. Because if it's from a nature, right, a nature uh, nature instrument, right, there's a lot of frequency that we don't hear, but the animal hears.、Mm. You know, like、uh, the organic, the、uh, acoustic instrument. Right. It it generates the tone, tone is obviously very important. Like as, as I said, because I could、yeah. be playing the same note on the saxophone as on the、yeah. flute, but there's、yeah. something about the、yeah. tone of these purely right, very right, natural right, instruments. Right, maybe. Right. Maybe. Right. Yeah. That, but、uh, but saxophone and flute are not organic. Um. I'm, I'm I mean, I mean, like you know, like the one that makes from silver and metal. Yeah, but I'm talking about bamboo flute. Yeah, yeah. bamboo flute is organic. Yeah,、right. it's it's date back ancient Greek. It, I don't know. I think I think they don't call it. A, they don't call it flute. They call it something else.、Yeah. Like you know, actually, flutes have been found all over the world, and the oldest known non-drum instrument is a seventy or eighty thousand year old bone flute.、Mm, true.、Yeah. That's right. Yeah, incredible. Yeah, incredible. So yeah, we we've been fucking with the recorder for all our century. I hate recorder. <laughs> I I hate recorder. I had to play it at school. So yeah, I hate recorder. Nightmare. Yeah. Shit.、Uh, recently though, I I, I used to think it was because the recorder was plastic, but apparently I just heard that like this um this sort of master flute makers. A transverse flute, like a European flute maker,、mm. not not a Banzuri.、Mm. So they have these wooden flutes,、uh, transverse flutes in the European tradition as well. And there are some that are very expensive, thousands、mm. of thousands of dollars.、Mm. Someone scanned it in a X-ray,、uh, X-ray scanned it so that they could 3D print it in plastic.、Ooh. And when you put professional musicians behind a curtain. And get them to listen to the 3D printed plastic one and、mm. the original wooden one. They can't tell the difference. Wow. That's kind of surprising,、mm. uh, they, they, and apparently it, it wouldn't be true for all instruments. It depends on the re- resonance required. But if it, in the case of、uh, certain kinds of flutes,、mm. the, apparently the material substrate is not as important as you might think. Yeah, right, right. Huh. Um. Okay.、Mm, that's interesting. Uh. What else? What else have we got? Uh. The only other. Th- yeah. Um. One thing that I was thinking about, like in terms of myself,、um, oh yeah, here's a question. This is like the, a question I was saving up for you,、mm. because、uh, we were also thinking about this idea of change, and、uh, and this is like a, a important idea to me because、uh, when I listen to, I've been listening to like podcasts for for a while now, and、mm. one of the things that most interests me. About、um, podcasts, is it gives you a chance to to hear the voice and hear the hear the voice of people who previously you would have just known as say authors,、mm, mm. for example. Right. You know, right. TV personalities are on TV. You've seen them, but、right. there are some sort of academics, authors, philosophers,、mm. all these people who previously didn't really come on very much into this sort of、uh, this kind of space,、right. uh, audio space,、right. and. What I liked about it was like listening to ah,、oh, here's a guys that are respected in their field, and I I like to listen to whether the f-、um, get a feeling for the person behind all of that、mm-hmm. and whether they were sort of like, you know, it、uh, developed mature people or just something because sometimes you come across people who've done great work but they seem to be like incredibly 
immature, yeah, stupid sure. people, yeah. basically. Like me. Behind all of it. <laughs> you don't come across that way at all. So, uh, yeah, it got me interested in this idea of like personal transformation change. Mm. And that's, and I've been re- like, uh, you know, reading articles as well. It's mm. one of the most interesting subjects to me, uh, you know, the changes that take place, uh, like profound changes that take place in us, our characters, our ideas over life. True. So I wanted to ask you, how has music changed you? Mm. Like fundam- How do you feel like over the course of your life, music has changed you? Well, I can answer that. Music has been the core of my being. I wouldn't say change, but mm. nurtured String. me. Yeah. How did it nurture me? I could easily write a book about it. (laughs) Mm. Maybe I should. (laughs) But just to get a glimpse of how, one of the many examples would be the act of appreciation. Mm. Mm. Because knowing how to appreciate lets you know how the value of life, you know? Yeah. That's why I feel personally passionate about uh, um, that music should be in the school curriculums, you know? Um, I mean, you know, it is in a lot of places, but doesn't always work. Yeah, true, but because they're doing uh, it wrong. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, the, the, I, I totally agree. And, and it's one of the reasons why, you know, my school had a music program, but mm. it didn't ever influence me. It just was... I don't know why I didn't catch me, uh, but it, but it definitely didn't. Um, and yeah, so for me, mm. uh, it took experience of musicians, mm. the presence of musicians, right. like yourself, like many others here mm. in Chiang Mai, s- seeing you live, getting to know you, to get me to take up music. Mm. And what what I've learned from one one of the things I've learned from music is. Um, is that it's uh, my? I, I used to think that um, you know I had to learn that you had to learn things in childhood that you could, that you became less flexible mm. uh, as you got older. I, I no longer think that mm. actually. Right. I don't think it's necessary. I mean, I know it seems it in, in certain extreme cases it is it there's a truth to it, but I just think that it's much less true than I used to think it. You know, there's much more possibility for change. And so now, uh, even though sort of me, myself as a musician, I've sort of stagnated a little bit because I haven't given much attention to it lately. I I now have the confidence that I didn't have that I could become a songwriter if I, Mm. you know, if I wanted to, if I give some attention to it, Mm. give enough love and attention to it. I firmly believe that. Yeah. But you you didn't think of that before you learned music, right? No, but I just thought it was impossible. I really, I had the idea right. that it was impossible. I got the idea from from school, from wherever, from the culture, from the media that it was just it was the domain mm. of a few gifted yeah. people or something I, or other. I know what you mean, man. I experienced that firsthand of people in trying to derail me from my path, man. But music is so powerful, you know. And music is free. It really is. Like I said, I didn't know how to you know play guitar, but I know that I have a voice. You know, I know like I can make beats. 
out of any part of my body if I want. <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> We can talk in BPM if we want. <laughs> well, that's for the fourth date. <laughs> fourth dates. <laughs> you know, but look, the reason I, I, I think the, the act of appreciation is, uh, uh, appreciation is so, so important, you know, because <laughs> how can I say this? The the music is in the curricul curriculum. It's not there for for that kid to become like the best musician in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But like for me personally, when I taught in high school and and in middle school, it's because I want I want them to learn to understand how other subject in the school works. Mm. You know, because you know, for example, math music is math. Counting, right? PE music is phys phys uh, physically demanding. You played a baritone. Is it demanding? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Social study music is, is history. You know, it talks about era in in you know the human uh, historic and physics, the ways and the traveling of sound and time. You know, the list goes on, man. Mm. But when you learn to appreciate music, you learn to appreciate life. You know, right? So I, because of that, I have more em empathy towards people and appreciation towards situation in my life. Yeah, I totally agree. And uh, I actually have a quote from uh, another Indian musician, mm. uh, Inayat Khan. He was a, a vena vena player, mm. and this is something that, yeah, I've thought about and found true through through becoming uh, like a musician as well. He said. The true use of music is to become musical in one's thoughts, words, and actions. All the tragedy in the world comes from lack of harmony, and harmony is best given by producing it in one's own life. Right on. So he's basically suggesting, you know, and he said in other places that you know, everything in life is is musical. We have right. to become music. Right. We, we we don't have to just delegate music to right. one. Right. You know. One area of life, or the, the instrument that we play, or whatever. Right, right, man. That's that is that's the core right there. And the faster you you appreciate it, you know, you know, the more you enjoy life. I think. I don't know. I don't understand people who doesn't like music. You know, I I I, I can't get a grasp of why, and I don't really want to know why, because I feel I just feel sorry. <laughs> um. You know, yeah. I, you know, no. I think it. Um, I think I have an idea of why. Oh, um, it's just that. You know how um, when you, if, for example, can you like imagine a, a child in school and they're not good as, at a certain subject, right? Mm -hmm. They start to avoid it, to fear it, because right. they feel inferior. So, so supposing just because we all learn different things, have different experiences at home, people with different exposure to music and whatever. Some people are just, for whatever reason, a, a, com uh, a combination of environmental and other factors, they're going to not have the right exposure to prepare them to hear the music that's out there in the world. True. And so if they feel confused at it, in other words, they're not able to digest it, they might become like a little bit fearful and avoid it because they see if they see other people enjoying it and appreciating it in the way that they immediately can't, Hmm. Then they, instead of going towards it to try and understand it, they might be running from it. 
that that's that's my personal just an, my personal idea mm. about my, what might be going on very interesting view but still there's so many kind of music it, well true but are there people that don't like any music there might be a few there might be a few but we don't really hang out with them <laughs> yeah. i don't know where they are yeah please if you listen to our podcast because you're curious about music there's love in it <laughs> a lot of love in it <laughs> um do you have anything uh, else that you wanted to talk about i well, i don't know i mean i i think we we cover a lot we covered a lot this is probably the longest uh, uh podcast we've been doing we're, we're not quite yet because i did want to come to that bread i know check. i know i know but, but it's going to be longer before i do it do you have anything else on the music that you uh well, you wanted to go into well like i said you know the summary of, of what i said about music and songwriting is it's just it's just there mm-hmm. right i just love uh making music Music is powerful. Learning to appreciate music—that's why in university there's a music appreciation. Mm-hmm. Is that you? You understand if you understand to appreciate music, you understand the value of all things in life. Man, it's such a powerful art form. There's no other art form like it mm. that can cover everything. I agree. Yeah, you know, it's it's beautiful. It's the only art form that. That you know really, really has to do with time. Mm. It happens in time. It can only happen in the moment. In the moment, and we just you know the recording is just a capture of time right. itself. That's why it's so profound. But even the recording, when you listen to it, you you're only in the moment. You know, yeah. one moment of the song. Added, you know, yeah. But the yeah. beautiful thing is, you in the moment the moment yeah right in the present yeah, even though right. it's recorded in the past right but you're in the present the present of you know can you know be anything you mm. can feel like different it's like watching a movie too but a movie is 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 different you know it's like well because you have more conceptual ideas and narratives right. all these structures that kind yeah. of like you have to couple together yeah, in your the movie is like everything is together right there's yeah. music there's yeah. art performing there's oh everything mm. is going on. that's that's why it's it's a a lot of money in there but like Art. i said music time appreciation love it's it's all there you know okay so let's uh just about wrap it up but before we go um uh, yeah jimmy suggested that uh we could like introduce some fact checking because last week i suggested that you were bullshitting not bullshitting I, i said is that could that really be true that um french people didn't have ovens well you check and i went and checked and you were right i'm ready for the chimpanzee poops but the, the, re- <laughs> the reason for it was n- now that i've read it and maybe i remember learning it years and years ago but i took i definitely totally forgotten it but mm-hmm. apparently yeah apparently There was a time before the French Revolution mm-hmm. of 1789 that one of the means of controlling the poor under a feudal system mm. was that peasants were not allowed to bake bread in their own homes, mm. but were obliged to use the oven of their lord, their landlord, or wow. paying the tax for the pleasure. So, in actual fact, it doesn't actually say that they didn't have some kind of oven in their home, but if they did, they weren't allowed to bake bread in it. But on by by law, on pain of some horrible yeah. penalty, who knows yeah. what? Um, yeah. And even and after the revolution, um, c- community bread ovens became public property, 
after the the heads of those lords had rolled somewhat. Oh God, <laughs> that is and, some dark shit. <laughs> and the weekly bake became uh, more of a pleasant ritual of country life mm, until eventually master bakers started charging for their services and ah, the boulangerie was born. Ah, there so we go. So I, I did not know that or I had forgotten that. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> so there was some... Uh, There's uh, some truth uh, to that. Uh, yeah, and there was some ugliness in the background. Yeah. Oh, that as yeah, well. that's surprising. Look at how, you know, how, how cruel we are to our own self. Fucking shit. <laughs> I think I'm, 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 there's gonna be a segment. I think uh, Dan Albert uh, suggests me like I have like a fucking a segment called "What Grinds My Gear," <laughs> but this definitely grinds my gear. God damn it! <laughs> you know, social injustice, all this fucking gaps. What do you call like you know, classes wars? What 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 this shit is? Uh, inequality. Yeah, inequality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know. It's like, it's been ongoing. You mm. think we have equality now? I don't think so. Absolutely not. No, I don't think so. But we never, we were never born equal anyway, weren't we? You taller than me. I can't get yeah, into sure. this question. No, that's <laughs> true. <laughs> I can't get no, into this now. No, but we have the right to have an equal choice. I think so. Anyway, fuck that shit. <laughs> not, this is not a fucking yeah. political no, it is uh, not. Let's podcast. Not get into that. I'm wrong. He's wrong. Nobody's right. You know, the only thing that's right is love, music, food, and love making. So just remember that. All right, I'm with you there, brother. Let's yeah. uh, let's say goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Until next time. Yeah. See you. Right, see you.